Today, we have the pleasure of welcoming back Paul Kilgannon on the show. Paul is an author of multiple books around coaching with his latest book around journaling and sport. We talk about the importance of the environment. We talk about the power of journaling and we discuss how hard it is to keep things simple in coaching. Very enjoyable episode. As always, thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. Paul, thanks for joining us. Uh, two years since we had you last on, you are sporting a, a fine beard uh, in the interim. So uh, great to have you back. Um, I suppose what prompted us to get you on, you have a couple of books written since we had you back on and we might touch on a couple of those. So you have uh, How to Be the Best You Can Be in Youth Sport and also your latest one around um, journaling. And that's what piques my interest in particular, because I suppose it's the first journal I've seen that's really sort of aimed at that, maybe that youth athlete. And it's a really, really practical journal that tells them how to actually journal as well. So we might jump in there and you can tell us the inspiration, why you think it's so important. And uh, and we'll see where the conversation takes us. Yeah, cool, Stephen. Uh, really happy to be here and uh, looking forward to this. So. Uh, inspiration i suppose behind the journal is um it's something i've kind of espoused to young athletes for a long time and indeed older athletes and um i suppose where i am at the minute with my uh writing and coach development is trying to provide resources for people i think uh, a lot of people um there's a lot of people say this is good or that is good but to break it down and make it doable uh i suppose an md principle i heard before was maintainable and doable and um, so what i try to do is create a resource and um what does they say? You know, if I had longer, I'd have wrote a shorter book. So the challenge in, in developing these things is to cut out what's not important and leave the core. But I suppose I would say simplify it without oversimplifying it. So that's what I try to do with the resource. So I, I, um, I built it as an introduction or a deep dive 30 days into the art form of journaling uh, for improved uh, sport and performance. That's basically it. And I'm actually, well, I'm behind schedule uh, on the follow-up because I'm bringing a quarterly one that they can do quarter on quarter, but it's, ne it's nearly finished. So uh, it starts really with the deep dive one, uh, the journey into journaling as I call it. And that's 30 days. Uh, the first eight days are around um getting clarity on identity and behaviors personal values um and i think that's really important i think it's something that uh, we all uh, yearn for clarity we we all learn yearn for meaning and purpose and uh, it's hard to it's hard to you know get that sometimes without prompts or tools so uh, the first eight days are broken into different teams for each day like why i play sport what i value what type of teammate i want to be and each day has about eight ten questions and then eight days lead into a, a ninth day which kind of summarizes all that so that would be a this this is me kind of identity summary and then the following three weeks kind of um give them an introduction into how they might start planning, uh, developing ways to to live towards that. And uh, you never really get there, you know, um, but that's the journey, I suppose, just trying to get closer to it. And um, that's what I'm trying to do. I think it's a process you're really giving people uh, to get a phrase I would have, Vern better would use is get better at getting better. So this is a process which will help the athlete uh, gain clarity, develop tools, gain insights, plan, do, review, 
ad system like we um i think was it atomic habits said uh, we don't fall or, ri fall or rise to the level of our goals but we fall to the level of our systems so um and i would have heard before that the best systems win so i, I think journaling is a great system for any athlete of any age and i try to provide a resource that would help them um maximize that as best i could okay i've about 20 things i want to ask you <clears throat> so i'll start off with the simple ones so like is this something we've spoken before and you usually have a, a group that you've tested it on or you've tested it on yourself or you've done something over a number of years so is this something that you've you've developed over time and and <clears throat> excuse me tweaked have you uh, had a few iterations of it and have you is this now a formula did you think is perfect or not perfect but uh, as good as it can possibly be as you said taking away the non the non-important stuff and for that cohort if that does that make sense that question yeah i i think so yeah like i would like to think so so again my background originally was in primary school teaching and um so that learning and processes and systems of how to accelerate learning and support learning would have been you know it's 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 in my um dna at this stage so you're always looking at better ways we can accelerate learning so as a coach, uh, I would have developed that into my players, you know, a phrase we would always use is this is a learning competition. So how can we get better faster and uh, accelerate that gap? So I would have always been big on questionnaires, all, always big on reflective tools post game, what worked well, what didn't work well, what will the opposition say about us? Um, what will the referee say about us? You know, where were we on different metrics we might have ourselves? So I would have spent a lot of my life developing them tools and then through teaching you know i was when i was in teaching i was over the well-being section in the school and uh, we did a quite a bit on journaling we always used to do a, a thought of the day and uh, journaling to that thought uh, was called the wall of inspiration i used to i got the inspiration from wooden's pyramids and i built them all around the class so uh in an A4 card, so every wall had a pyramid. And uh, we used to journal to a concept every day. So it could be a statement. Um, this was the third class kids, you know, fourth class kids at the time. That's how we used to begin our day. Um, and Sorry, so, Paul, can I jump in there? Like how, yeah, yeah. so that's, you're talking about an eight or a nine year old kid there. How, yeah, yeah. how do they take to that? Um, well, environment drives everything. So if that's what the environment likes and supports and it's delivered well, it'll probably be a 10-year-old kid in fourth class, you know. So um, they adapt to the environment. And it's something we we in the class, we liked to begin the day with a thought of the day. Uh, and they had a little journal and uh, it would build day on day. So I could be driving into school and I could hear a quote. I'm, I'm big on quotes, you know, and I could, and that would be it. That'd be my thought for the day you know, and we'd write it down and they'd decorate it and they might write a little reflection on it. And of course, opportunities are mother all improvement. So you give them an opportunity every day to do it. They get better at doing it. And you add consistency to thing and people then get traction. And we get traction, we get confidence, confidence, and you know yourself. You know all this stuff, Stephen, I know you do. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's really interesting the way you've broken it down so simple there. So you, you uh, like you're doing something, <clears throat> you're doing something consistently which allows them to get better and a little bit more confident. They then maybe are a little bit more motivated to put more effort in the next time. And all of a sudden, and that sort of spiral, then they, they become very good at it over a period of time. And you can relate that to any of our skills in our games or 
whatever that may be. So then going back to the journal, then do you feel that um, that that the the, the the act of journaling can help change behavior. Absolutely. So it was only, as I said, I do like quotes and I came across one this morning and said, we are drowning in information and starving for knowledge. So there's so much information, so many decisions, so much feedback, so much everything coming at every individual uh, in every walk of life, every day. And we're in the information age and we're surrounded by tools that are pushing information into us that we don't even want. Um, so how can we process that? And how can we stay true to who we want to be, uh, 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 you know, truly not in the, where the pressure is? So I, I kind of forget your question, but what I'm trying to get at is I think journaling is a, is a great way of keep coming back to yourself. So what I've tried to do is build anchors for the individual. What type of teammate do you want to be? Well, what does that look like today? You know, how do you want to be defined at the end of it when it's all over? What do you want people to say about you at the end of your career? You know, what is your truth around preparation, individual and collective? You know, what is your truth? What is your definition of excellence? And I think that we expose players or give them the tools which is, you know, you can expose them if they're in your environment. And if you can't, you can provide a tool that may influence them. But then you give them this process. And the mastery is actually in the process of doing it over and over again and refining. So there is no end to it, really. It's about, I always say, it's a bit like Edward Scissorhands. You know, you start with a big bush and then you chip, chop, chip, chip, chip. And next thing you come up with a, a masterpiece at the end. So another thing I always say is the expert knows what's not important. So by giving them the opportunity to look at something in a consistent cyclical manner they become to know it more to find it simpler and really simplify and what i would have observed from high performers in many walks of life is how they simplify it you know they cut out all the noise and i think us mere mortals sometimes try to oversimplify it you know like I say, Cruyff used to say, football is a simple game, but it's not easy to play simple football or something like that. So what I'm trying to do is give the athlete a really tool where they can keep coming back to themselves when the world pushes them away from themselves. So then that idea of anchors and then kind of build a kind of manifesto as they go along and build a process where they can learn and relearn. You know, what do I never want to forget? You know, we always talk about learning, but most of it is just relearning because we keep forgetting, you know. So I think journaling is a great way to interrupt the process of forgetting, you know. Yeah. Um, so there'll be plenty of coaches listening now thinking, geez, I'm going to order 40 of those and I'm going to change the behavior of my team in, in 30 days. Yeah. Is that simple? Um, That's simple, but not that easy, you know. So, yeah. Um, again, if the environment supports supports it, and values it and if there's that appreciation of learning and development and maturity in the group and it could be 12 and it could be 22 and it might be 42 and it might never be there but it will it will work so um again you know i'm running it with, with a number of teams at the minute you know but the maturity and the disposition of the group is always important you know and and that's a byproduct of good coaching. It, um, co good coaching improves people's disposition towards themselves, you know, and, and themselves as an athlete. And I would like to think hopefully as a person too, at its highest level. So, you know, often the response to these things is, is um, an indication of what went before. So, yeah, in truth, we have 
adult teams, high level teams running it uh, at the minute together. Um, we have young teams running it together, which would be 14, whatever. And again, there is a bit of an art in the delivery of it um, and, and all that, but it's it's massive for me. So I'm running it, started it with my lads, you know, because we're only getting back together now. So tonight is our first block. They've been at it this week. So we're at it tonight, summarizing it. But to get a shared understanding of what each other, you know, how we, how they want to prepare themselves, you know, a shared appreciation of what they want their teammates to think of them as team members, a shared appreciation of their personal truth around, uh, I don't know, how to prepare and get, to get that foundation. Because we're developing physical, technical, and tactical pillars and everything else, but they have to be built on something, and that's built on character and behaviours. And and, and um, there has to be a lot of time and thought put into that, and and good thought and consideration and refinement and rethinking and relearning and saying no, that's not important anymore. This is more important. So we're getting through the truth more often. So for me, um, you know. As they said, that's why I wrote it. Yeah. So, and I totally. I can, I can see, I can feel your tone, Stephen. You're, you're intrigued. Go on. I am. I am. So I'm trying to think. I'm trying to put myself. And we chat all the time, right? So, so I know how your mind works, and I know how uh, you, you, you work with teams. But what I'm ask, I suppose what I'm, I'm wondering is now, if I'm a coach of an under twelve, under thirteen team, um, I have the kids two hour sessions a week, right? And uh, I'm already struggling. I'm getting up to set up the cones and planning my session. I'm trying to work on the technical, the tactical, the physical, etc. And now you're telling me, okay, now I need to get them journaling. I need to get them talking about this type of stuff. So I, I suppose what's what's your message to those people who say, well, geez, I'm already up the walls with this sort of stuff. How do I how do I improve all those brilliant things that you just talked about? Yeah. So it's, so it's it's yeah. It's you need a long term approach to it. You know, there's seasons for everything. You know, you know, it's not something you're going to be doing in the middle of the year. You know, for sure. So, um, but then again, I I think that um, you know, there's too much uh misguided time on the field. Um, um, I would believe you know more isn't better. Better is better. Better at a deeper, higher level of understanding. Now, this would it suit twelves? Um maybe depending on the group but 14 up type thing and like primarily you know it's it's working we're doing a lot with adults with it now at the minute but definitely teens so you don't need to feel bad uh, if you can't fit it in there's, there's nothing wrong with that but if we got if we had kids or anyone at 13 14 this might be something that we could implement at some stage over the next two, three, four years. It is lifestyle behaviors. And if we look to where coaching is, is ultimately going, I would feel this 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 piece has to be massive because we're given more information. There's more tools, there's tactics, boards, there's videos, there's everything. And um, to process all that requires a huge skill set. We're putting on S and C on top of them to sustain that effort, to plan that life. We're giving them diet plans, everything. And that's all good stuff. There's none of it bad. Like, But the accumulation of it is a huge burden if you're not able to plan your life, you know. So you, you're, you're a busy, um, you're busy trying to stand still almost. So to, to ground yourself in that, you need practices. So I think it is not beyond the reams 
of anybody to understand that if we're going to impl- and go for performance long term, we need skills to 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 manage self. And I think this is um, I think it's a good skill. It's a good skill. You know? So you said in there, if we need to prepare ourselves for where coaching is going long term, where is coaching gone long term? Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Is it going? It's just evolving. Yeah. So now we're probably in an age of can we teach the skills better? Yes, we can. Can we develop physical qualities better? Yes, we can. And, you know, there's more information coming out there. Um, can we, you know, have we more access to information as coaches? Yes. So then I think where it's going is how, what's the best way to cut that into little pieces and deliver it long term? You know, I suppose a couple of, um, Three or four weeks ago, I delivered a, a kind of a workshop to our coaches in the club, uh, which went through a game model that I've developed. And um, with my my lads, they're now under 17 this year and I've kind of been working with them for a while. So we have quite a few good layers of complexity to, to our game model. And um, we've, you know, we've it nicely broken up and we can explain it in detail. So the, the delivery of that over time, you know, understanding how to deliver from bottom black block up i think that's uh, where coaching is going as we learn more we're going to learn how to the smarter we'll learn how to use information better you know uh, so they say knowledge is in power knowledge applied is power so how we apply that knowledge because uh, and that's why if i don't want to give another plug <laughs> to my first book was about coaching and the phrase i use was building a coaching world because it's not the accumulation of information. It's about developing skills, knowledge, and tools, and then being able to use the right tool in the right time, in the right season, in the right time of the year. And that comes from experience. But almost like that Carver book, the coach in children's sport I wrote, that was a guide to help a coach long-term learn as they go. So the journal is, is kind of similar to accelerate or support learning and where coaching is going for me is is um knowing what's needed and applying the knowledge better um and not just saying you know well it's all about this or it's all about that or whatever so the the the, the good coaches will will probably break up the pillars really well long term and and understand that piece like i think we are bringing a lot of the time we're bringing athletes to players to in locally here and was to, to 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 adulthood without significant skills that they need to, to sustain effort or to maximize their potential skills around mental skills um you know concentration is going to be is the huge um challenge for society at the minute and massive attention is 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 nowhere can we teach are we going to give out about that or can we try and teach and improve and whatever um then things so that's that's where i think it's going it's going to probably away from the game more to understanding how we learn develop and improve but for many people it's probably there already so i i don't know i'm just saying I'm rambling no you're not you've brought up loads of other things. i'm writing down a load of notes here to come back to you um so we've i think it was two years when you were last on here and it must be three years maybe since you wrote the book is that the first book um, yeah so would you say in that space time that last three or four years 
that um let's say coaching in general in ireland has come on leaps and bounds uh, would you say we're coming on in some things would you say we are going backwards uh i don't know that's a very it's a very generalist question but just curious of your opinion yeah look there's no doubt about it but there's more information all the time like and um there's there's more there's a huge drive for knowledge and learning um it, it's still a huge challenge to develop a coaching world to build a coaching world um to have the guardrails around yourself to to, to build up in a, in in a, in a structured manner but it's improving all the time i think one thing that is really shapes coaching behavior is the the environment in which you're working within and um that's where i've probably in the coach development stuff moved to trying to improve the environment for the coach so there's all information is out there but it's um it can be harder coaching in some environments than it is in other by environment i might mean a club or an area a region or whatever so coaching is evolving quicker in places where there is a broad appreciation of what is good coaching it is struggling where there isn't a common appreciation or an establishment of what is good coaching because people are working against each other and that's tough and that's a lack of you know not a lack i'm not criticizing a lack of leadership i'm just stating it as the leadership isn't there to guide the way so that people's behaviors follow and then the learning can follow um, and what I try to do in clubs, uh, and thank God the COVID is, is over-ish now that we'll be back on the road, is I think the place every club has to start for any level of improvement is establishing, establishing a shared appreciation of what is good coaching. Because if we don't do that, we're not talking the same language. And if we can... Um, if we can do that, uh, you know, a commonality and what this could look like when it's good, well, then we can work together. But if you can't do that, we kind of end up, you know, going our own ways. And that that's just the that's just the reality of the behaviors that are learned in different environments, you know, human behavior, I suppose. Yeah, this is really interesting because, like, I think earlier on when you spoke about environment, uh, I think you were talking about the environment, let's say, that it, that a coach is setting up for his team. Mm. Whereas now you're talking about the environment as maybe like a club or a, or a county or a, whatever that ecosystem yeah. is. Yeah. And you've got teams within that club, uh, within yeah. the club. But what you were talking about there now was trying to get that sort of good coaching ethos and, and philosophy throughout. But that's challenging, I would imagine. Massively, massively. And I, I don't know what more to say. It's It's hugely challenging. And without the correct leadership it, it can't actually be done so there is there a place for professional input absolutely so the professional input has to be there and i think i you know that's that's probably where i'm going with this myself you know um to a certain degree but then the leadership within the club is is um is hard is really challenging too and they say uh, i don't know who said it but they say all truths go through three phases and they say first people laugh at it and then they ridicule it and then they say well it's self-evident or it's obvious so in trying to change an environment globe whatever it is first you'll get people laughing at it oh look at this lad thinks whatever or whoever and then they'll they'll say it's the worst thing in the world it's going to blow up the place and then at the end of it they'll say oh, sure look at it. that was obvious wouldn't wouldn't anyone have known that we should have been all trying to sing off the one hymn sheet yeah um, but to lead that in in an organization or a club especially an amateur club 
which has learned behaviors from generations back it's it, it some places are easier than others you know and if you were lucky enough to be in a place where that awareness collective awareness is there it's it's much easier to get better coaching because you're in a great environment to develop as a coach but if you're in another environment where let's say it doesn't support great coaching practices well then it's really hard to develop as a coach you know you almost have to take your little coaching team and mine um, and hold on to them and then take your own little team and hold on to them and, and, and that's not a great place to to be you know yeah so so then when you're bringing it back then so bring it let's bring it back for a, a, a grassroots coach and involved with it on the 15 16s whatever that may be so when they're trying to work on that environment they can't control maybe what's out there and around them but then you're just trying to look after your own little patch your own little plot and to provide the best possible environment and coaching experience for the cohort that you're with so i want to bring that back then to what you mentioned earlier on about um personal values and how do you sort of get the 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 individual's player of the personal values that are on the team versus the team values or how do you you link them if that makes sense to you because let's say you've 30 guys journaling and they they all have these personal values and you would hope that they would all be similar enough yeah but how do you link those into that team value or how you're trying to uh to to develop these young young people yeah well you know there's always going to be the me and the we in any place where people are together you know and to get people that are completely selfless selfless is you know it's utopia really isn't it so i think there's no problem with the me and the we i, I don't have a problem and um, i think the stronger your environment and the more consistent it is and the more exposure they get to it they will learn you know so coaching is about improvement it's not about perfection and um once you understand that, once we're pushing, improving it, that's good coaching. And I think all too often, you know, we always t- almost talk ourselves into misery and we don't notice the improvement. You know what I mean? And just keep thinking, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be hard. You know, I think, you know, in my experience, you just do the right thing over time. And then you look up and next thing, everything has changed, you know, while day to day, not much is changing. So that's why I, and I don't really go back. I don't know any other way to explain coaching uh, in a, in, in a simple manner, only that that's what you do through building your coaching world. You're always refining, always saying, you know, what is this about? What do we want to stand for here? How do we want to treat them? What do we want them to say about us? How do we want to treat the weakest? Because if we get them, them will them them things will shape the, be, the the environment, and then the environment will shape the behavior. And look at you can get really good groups, and you can get not so good groups. You know, natural talent or whatever you want to call it. And then ultimately, and I think this is another piece that's that's genuinely, I do think it's missing, is the actual teaching of the game, and that is really important. And sometimes on not saying your podcast, but on these podcasts, we don't put enough emphasis on competence and teaching and the game because that adds joy when you have the skills mastered, when you understand the game knowledge. Teaching game knowledge, game understanding to a teenager is giving them everything. 
It's given them eyes to see. It's given them language to play together. It's allowing them access to the game uh, at a really high level. They talk about the game. Then when they go home to their friends, because they have a common um, set of grammar or whatever the word is, I can't think of it now. They have a common appreciation. They should be able to diagnose and prescribe what's happening in games all the time. They should be able to look at a tackle and say what was good about it, what wasn't good about it. They should be able to look at a team and say what systems are they playing, what principles are they playing playing to, how are they supporting play, what type of runs are they making. Yeah. Oh, look, there, there, there's a third-man run. I can see that there. Look at the cutback. I can actually see that. Look at the make run. We'd call it a make run, a run to make space. Your man, 11 made a make run and 14 did a take run. He took the space. And then, as I said before, if you want students of the game, you have to be something of a professor. Okay. Let's talk about that then. How do we teach this competence and how do we, how do we encourage this learning? Let's talk about that. Uh, for me, you know, it's the developing of, of what we might call a game model for the coach. And I don't know, there's probably better ways to explain it or whatever. I heard some that said you couldn't call it a curriculum, but I don't know, maybe I'd, I'd explain it as a curriculum. It's a simple way to explain it. Um, so what you're really trying to do is break the game into distinct parts, yeah? so that we know this is a piece of the game or this is, you know, so you could say when we have the ball is a part. You could say when we don't have it is a part and then when it's kind of there to be won, you know, that's another part. So there could be three parts to it. And then every part, so with the ball, you will ultimately have tools, yeah, that they can use. And, and um, there's lots of tools that we might miss out on, like perceiving or scanning, what we might call or looking. That's a really important tool that can be, thought really well and different types of runs or tools you know that especially in hurling now it's becoming a running game so it's football so there are tools and then you have your catch kick and hit whatever else so then so they have to they have to really have an appreciation of the tools and they have to work on them but that's their that's their game really you have to show them the the value of them so then you might move it on and you might say, well, systems like, or, or, or whatever. So we might have an attacking system or we might have a defending system or we might have, you know, different shapes, formations at different times in the game, you know, and why that might be used. And we might have different, you know, things around poke outs and sidelines and freeze and teaching them that. And then if we get them right, you kind of play to principles, you know. So the principles would be understanding what are the options or the affordances or whatever we want to call them, the shared affordance. So things like recognizing gaps in attacking space, yeah, in possession, yeah, move the ball or move with the ball. So if we even said that in general, your cornerback is going to try and recognize a gap and attack a space, well, straight away, that might give number three the understanding that he needs to come off that person with an angled run. And then Number five might read that angle run from three even before it happens and make another angle run. So then we have angle run, angle run. And 11 might read that run from five, or he might even read it earlier when two makes the first run to three to five. And 11 now might run across the line and get their body shape good to take a stick pass to hand. And even before that happened, 
12 might have read a pattern that there was a th third man run coming here. So by them, that could be seen or perceived, the affordance, back at number two. But 12 could have seen the, that pass four passes ahead. If they know it's such a thing and they can diagnose and prescribe what is likely to happen in that situation because we play to principles. And that's when I think we get um, students in the game. Uh, I'm fascinated by that at the minute, and I know we've been talking about it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's it is fascinating, and I think you've got another. Um, uh, there's another podcast in just that topic alone. I think Paul, um, the I said there's a lot of people listening now. Gone, wow, that is a very uh, different way of thinking about how we encourage learning, etc. So, Paul, we asked the same question uh, on the podcast, as you know. Um, we same three questions. You've done this before, so it'll be interesting to compare your answers. Um, what does the term "successful coach" mean to you? Yeah, that one hasn't changed. That's a personal definition that I uh, developed a while ago. For me, um, successful coaching is recruitment, retention, and they say thanks. So in uh, layman's terms, it's that they come and they stay coming and they say thank you after. So for me, that covers an awful lot. So they want to be there. And by saying thanks, um, they're acknowledging that they're gaining something from it. And I think that's that's pretty good for me, you know. Okay, good answer. Um, best book, podcast, resource, website, anything that you'd recommend for any coaches listening in? Yeah, um, look, at there's so much. We're probably drowning in them as well. Um, but I think the book I'm reading at the minute, which I, I think it's good for any coach, it would be Belonging by Owen Eastwood. I think it's... Uh, it's an often um, we need to appreciate that sense of of the human experience in the environment as coaches. We need to understand that. I need to understand it better. Um, so that's it's belonging by Owen Eastwood. I think it's it's an interesting book uh, around how to engineer environments and uh, where people just want to commit and want to excel and the depth and the skill that's involved in doing that. I think that's important. Okay, and um, last question. Top tips for developing coaches? That mightn't have changed either. Um, I would say consciously build a coaching world. Appreciate uh, the vastness of the area. Build a frame around what you know for sure about coaching and about people and about games and practice a philosophy of continuous improvement and know that the better you get at it the more you will understand what really is important and what's not important and then get the basics of what you know is important really really right and um, that's about it build a coaching world and practice continuous improvement in coaching and refine 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 as you go along that would be it That's another good answer. So, Paul, listen, um, you've been brilliant with your time. We really appreciate it. Um, if people want to buy the book or find out more about you, where where can they find you? Yeah, my, my books, you can get them at the website there, um, carvercoachingframework.com. Um, 
what you can do actually is I'll give you a code there, a discount code, 10% for anyone who wants to, any of your listeners, we'll, we'll call it CB10. So CB10 will give you 10% discount. And I'm on all the um, social media stuff at Carver underscore coaching. So you'll get me there. And thanks for your support um, of my work. It's uh, I, I genuinely appreciate the support people have given me in my work and continues to allow me to do what I love. So that's... Um, I really appreciate that. So thank you. Excellent. We love a good discount. Uh, so that's CB10 for 10% discount off the books. That's brilliant. Paul, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we could talk for hours as we often do. Um, but I think a lot of takeaways for people today, like the, the, the importance of simplification as much as you can, the, the around the environment and providing that best environment as possible, not just within that team setting, but thinking wider, uh, more in a club type setting as well and then the power of journaling and, and how that can help you develop your players and um, particularly in those um those difficult years in the teenage years so listen thank you very very much uh it's been a pleasure and we'll chat soon